Welcome to the Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast, all about constructing your career in neurology. I'm your host, Sarah Schaefer from the Yale School of Medicine. Today, as part of the Types of Careers series, we will be speaking with Hope O'Brien, founder and CEO of Headache Center of Hope in Cincinnati, Ohio, and Paul Fu, Chief Medical Officer of Sturdy Memorial Associates, an ambulatory medical system in Massachusetts all about using your dual degree, in this case, a medical degree and an MBA or Master's of Business Administration. Both of these neurologists are MD MBAs and use their dual degrees in different ways in their careers. Thank you for joining us today, Hope and Paul. Thank you, Sarah, for having us. So let's just jump right in here. How and when did each of you develop an interest in pursuing a dual degree and what motivated you to move forward with that? Hope, do you want to start? When I finished my medical degree, I had no interest in pursuing any further education because, as you all know, a medical degree is quite grueling. But over time, as an academian, I learned that medicine was becoming more and more of a business, and I felt like I didn't have the tools I needed to sit at the table when a lot of business decisions were being made from an institutional level. So... In 2017, I decided to go back to school and pursue an executive MBA degree. So at least I can have uh, have some idea of the language and what was important in business and be able to incorporate that into medicine. And Paul, where did this come about for you? For me, it really happened during my second year of residency. I saw a lot of inefficiency and burnout in the hospital. I remember one of the PAs that I worked with, he used to say sarcastically to me, are you living the dream? And I really didn't feel that healthcare workers needed to have that environment. And looking at burnout and looking at inefficiencies was something that I really wanted to help fix. In addition to that, during my second year, I was also taking a look at my career trajectory and what I wanted to do in the future in terms of work-life balance. Did I want to be 100% clinical? Did I want to do some clinical research? And the prospect of doing some administration was really exciting to me. So those two really came together. And what mentors have you had who demonstrated use of a dual medical and business degree? And what did their career paths look like? And how did it inspire you? Paul, you want to start? Yeah. So My main mentor uh, that I found was somebody named Babar Kokar. Uh, When I first met him, he was the Chief Transformation Officer for Yale Medicine. Currently, he holds multiple titles, including the CEO for Yale Medicine, as well as the Chief Ambulatory Officer for Yale New Haven Health. I actually interviewed with him during my residency interviews, and I remember just being very struck by how charismatic and knowledgeable, as well as being able to answer why. Why do we do things clinically? Why do we do things in an operation sense? I reached out to him kind of by a cold email. I just wanted career advice. And that email really helped to turn into having him advise me to do the healthcare management track during my residency program. He also helped me to get my first job as an assistant professor in Yale Medicine, as well as my first leadership role, which was the medical director for Yale Medicine. I think it's extremely important for administration, especially if you're starting out early in your career, to find a good mentor as well as a good sponsor, because it's kind of gray. We, we start off in our careers kind of knowing exactly where the next step is. But for me, after you know residency, it was kind of gray where I would go. And, and Barbara Kokar, my mentor, really served as a, a person that guided me. 
And Hope, did you go it alone or did you have people that inspired you along the way? Well, my story is a little different because I didn't have a mentor that had a dual degree in medicine and in business. And so what I ended up doing was pursuing a leadership program through the American Academy of Neurology and there really learned the skills about leadership and learned to reflect on myself on what I really wanted to do and how to get there. And so I, knowing that I had a, this entrepreneurial part of me decided, you know what, if I want to start my own business, I need to, to pursue a business degree. So I sought out individuals who were in business school and asked them what it was like and thought about whether or not I could do this while working full time and made the decision to kind of go it alone. And to tell you the truth, I've had faculty and colleagues with MD degrees who told me, you really don't need an MBA if you want to run your own business and you don't need an MBA to be a medical director for an organization. But just uh, knowing who I am, knowing that I wanted to be able to, you know, do things in a, in a way where I felt educated about, you know, what does it mean to, to have good marketing? What does it mean, you know, to really push the envelope and run a business? I decided to make the decision to do that. And you touched on a few points there that we're going to get to later, including how you feel the MBA has actually helped you as opposed to not getting the MBA and just trying to figure it out in real time. You mentioned that you were trying to figure out how this might fit into a full-time position. At what point did you fit this into your work? Did you take time off in order to complete your MBA? How long did it take? How did it work with your medical responsibilities? Well, so I um, was a faculty as an associate professor. And so I was allotted some protected time. And so what I ended up doing was negotiating with my uh, chair that I would shift some of that protected time for research into pursuing, you know, this education. And so I chose to attend an in-person executive MBA program through Xavier University, where I had classes from eight in the morning till five at at night um, on Fridays and Saturdays every other weekend. And so it it did take a a lot of time. (laughs) During many of those days, I had call um, that I was answering while I was in class. And, and I won't, I won't, you know, beat around the bush. It, it was challenging, but um, I had to, you know, convince myself to stick through it. I had a very supportive family, very supportive husband who helped me um, get through it. But yeah, I think it takes really getting the support of, you know, those you work with and your family to really pull this off. And so was this protected time that was funded or partially funded by your institution in order for you to complete this MBA? And did your institution help to pay for the degree itself? Yeah. So the protected time was covered by my institution and, but the degree itself I had to pay for. Now I did have a benefit where my institution paid a, a, certain percentage of it, but the majority of those costs um, was on my own. Now, there are other institutions that will pay, again, depending on the institution, but for me, I ended up paying the majority of those costs. 
And Paul, where did you fit the MBA into your career? Yeah, so I also did an executive MBA. Uh, it was similar in terms of schedule as a Friday, Saturday, every other weekend. I did my MBA shortly after my residency. So when I first started as an assistant professor, I worked with my boss, Dr. Kokar, as we talked about, to help design my schedule. So we worked around my MBA. So I would work seven days on and I have some administration roles uh, on my seven days off, uh, but also would do my MBA on the opposing weekends. Like Dr. Hope said, it was a little rough. I I didn't have weekends for about two years, uh, but it was also a great experience. In terms of funding for my MBA, I did negotiate with my job at the time. I ended up doing my MBA in the same place that I was working. So I, I did it at Yale School of Management. Doing that gave me a 25% discount. And in addition to that, I was able to negotiate about $30,000 per year for the MBA in in my job. Uh, and that really helped out with some of the expenditures because coming out of residency you know, with medical loans, it would have been difficult to do a full executive MBA, which are often you know, $150,000 and above. So the entire program took about two years for each of you? Yes, 22 months. Yeah, mine took, uh, it was a 16-month program. And you both mentioned executive MBAs. How is that different from a regular MBA? Is it more tailored to medical professionals or or what are the differences? Paul? Yeah, so I always think the executive MBA is the one that healthcare professionals generally should do. Uh, There are certain MBAs that are designed within medical school. So we're seeing more and more graduates that stop during medical school for a year to two years and incorporate an MBA within their medical training. But if you don't have that program available to you in medical school, what I do think an executive MBA is able to help you to do is to work around your schedule. A traditional MBA, you have to stop for two years to do a full business degree. And for healthcare professional, that's very difficult because you lose a lot of your credentialing as well as your clinical training. So executive MBA or even a part-time MBA, I think is the way to go. Anything to add, Hope? Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. I think the executive MBA, I did look at a traditional versus an executive MBA program. And I found that the executive MBA program worked better for me because these were individuals who were well-seasoned, had already been in, I guess, working already and um, kind of working towards that C-suite or higher executive level positions. I think the the greatest asset of attaining the executive MBA degree was the connections with with individuals that were in those C-suites. So one of my colleagues is Rick Arquilla, and he's or was at the time the COO of Rotorooter. And he decided to pursue an executive MBA degree because he was planning on retiring and wanted to be able to give back by teaching at an executive MBA level. And so, you know, through that connection, it just, you know, is is something that I would not have had, I believe, had I had chosen a traditional MBA program. And you used a term that I haven't heard before, but I kind of like C-suite. Does that mean CFO, CEO, COO, et cetera? Yes, correct. So you both use your degrees in your everyday practice, but in very different environments. Tell me, Hope, you can start. Why don't you tell me about how you use your MBA from day to day? So from the very start of opening my practice, so I opened my practice in June of 2021, and I was in the nuts and bolts of it. So, you know, prior to starting a business, what the MBA taught me was how to put together a business plan. 
because um, what I needed was was cash and cash flow up front. And so, you know, when you go to a bank, it's important to really sell yourself and and really be thoughtful about what your needs are, how much cash you really need, what you don't need. And I think, you know, oftentimes when I you know, have heard of physicians starting their own practice, you know, as physicians, we don't make very good business people. <laughs> and so what I learned was how to put together, you know, a, a good business plan, um, how to put together, you know, cash flow documents, you know, income statements. And so it was, it was, it was nice to have that ability to do that. And then as I was building out the practice, I was able to figure out, you know, what those cash flows needs were, you know, what parts of the business I needed to then um, hire out and, you know, um, have the um, consultations from those aspects. And so I think that with the MBA degree, had I have not um, had that, I don't think I would be where I am, which is, you know, if you were to see my practice, it's, 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 it's really an amazing place for patients. And Paul, you went a very different route as the chief medical officer of an already established organization. How do you use your degree in everyday practice? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to say kudos to Dr. Hope for saying nuts and bolts in her answer. From my perspective, the MBA helped me to do some of the regular skills, including looking at a balance sheet, making a pro forma, doing a SWOT analysis. And that was very helpful. But I actually think that the MBA really helped me in some of my soft skills. Uh, how do you be a leader? How do you run a meeting? How do you negotiate? And how do you apply some of the things that you learned in change management. And a lot of what I do on a day-to-day basis is finding ways to make things better. And in order to do so, I have to convince a lot of people to do those things. Uh, and part of the MBA teaching was how to be a leader in those types of engagements. I'm sure our listeners would be interested to know how much clinical time you actually get as the chief medical officer of an organization. And I wanted to put in here that you had previously told me that Given that you're at the start of your position, you are fully administrative in order to give you a chance to get to know the organization fully, but that ultimately you plan to increase your clinical time to about 40%. Isn't that right, Paul? Yes. Now, Hope, you alluded to this earlier, and Paul, you just alluded to this. I was going to ask whether you feel like you would have been able to accomplish your goals without the full executive MBA Paul, it sounds like you feel like it's been really instrumental to your career and your position. Is that correct? Yeah, for me, I actually thought it was quite a transformational experience. I I think being a part of an executive MBA, being a part of the classmates that you have, like Dr. Hope mentioned, a lot of senior leaders, a lot of very seasoned executives, but being a part of that uh, and interacting with those people, I feel like transforms you as well. I do think that it hastened my career. It allowed me to get to a place faster than I would have done. Uh, And then having that MBA in your name title, people kind of assume that you know business, even if you're just kind of starting out. So it's a good assumption, especially when you're looking for jobs. And Hope, what do you have to say as an answer to that question? I think Dr. Uh, Paul gave an excellent answer. I would agree. I think, you know, could I have done what I'm doing now without the MBA? Yes. Would it have taken longer? Absolutely. Would things um, have run as smoothly? No, not likely. <laughs> so so I, I am, you know, 
if I were to do it again, I always have to pause because it was a lot of work and it did impact a lot of my, you know, day-to-day routine because I was spending a lot of time, you know, um, outside of, you know, my personal life to pursue this degree. But um, in the end, the the skills that I've learned, the connections that I've made, the network that I've built have helped me to get to where I am today. And many of my colleagues, like I said, are just floored with how fast I was able to turn around and start a practice like what I'm doing today. So yeah, I agree with what Dr. Paul had mentioned already. So what advice would the two of you give to any of our listeners who might be considering a dual degree in medicine and business? Hope? What I would say is take a moment to do some self-reflection and ask yourself, what is the outcome of you pursuing this dual degree? And really think about the opportunities that a dual degree will allow you because, you know, again, you really don't need an MBA to do certain things, but in, in the end, once you pursue this MBA degree, you want to make sure that you're going to use it and it's going to, and it's going to produce the outcome that you originally had planned for it to begin with. And what advice do you have, Paul? Yeah, I agree with everything Hope said. Um, I think you have to seriously consider what you want to do with your degree, what your career trajectory is going to be. Um, I see a lot of physicians that do an MBA and don't have that clear vision for their career. Uh, and sometimes I feel like those physicians waste their MBA. Uh, there is a somewhat of a sell-by date. Uh, if you don't use your MBA in a substantial manner after the first several years of getting an MBA, the, the MBA starts to lose a little bit of its purpose and its value. So it's very important to know within the first two years after you're doing an MBA what you're going to use it for. The second point of advice I would say is that there's a lot of online MBAs uh, available, but when you're thinking about a serious administration role, I would take your MBA as seriously as you take as you took your medical training. That sounds like excellent advice from both of you. Thank you so much for joining us today and for imparting your wisdom on our listeners, who I'm sure will get a lot from this podcast. Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast was created and produced by myself, Sarah Schaefer. This podcast is not recorded as an official podcast of any institution or organization. The podcast is unfunded. Opinions are those of the individual participants. Music by Audrey Nath. Artwork by Shivani Goshal. Want more content like this? Be sure to subscribe to Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast on any available platform where you get your podcasts to hear more about constructing your career in neurology. Follow us on Twitter at NeuroBolts and on Facebook at Neurology Nuts and Bolts to stay up to date on new content and give us feedback on what you want to hear and tell your friends. Thanks for joining us.